welcome to the Ashes into Beauty podcast with your host, Stephanie Marie Laswell, Divorce Concierge at The Divorce Life. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in today. I am excited to bring you one of my expert friends in the divorce field, but not only divorce, but also marriage. So she's kind of like, I would say, my preventative partner for divorce, which is what we're going for. Um, But this is my friend Charity, and I'm going to let her introduce herself real quick. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Yeah, my name is Charity Danker. I'm the owner of Desire OKC Sexual Health and Wellness. Um, And I mainly work with couples, but also work with individuals. And the work that I do is around helping couples unite or become more aligned with their sexuality, Um, whether that is how they want to express themselves sexually or increasing the frequency um, or even sometimes opening up the relationship to, you know, outside partners. So it's a variety of things. Um, And then, of course, I do your run of the mill marriage counseling, too. People sometimes think that a sex therapist is something different, but we're just a marriage counselor with a specialty in sex therapy and certification. So, yeah, it's awesome. Um, So I always like to start off our podcast and our conversation with the question of when a client comes to you, like what kind of ashes are they coming to you with? Um. That's a variety. (laughs) So most of them are coming to me with a lot of fighting and discourse and considering separating, um, usually because of what they call a lack of communication, but it's typically more of a lack of empathy and trying to understand the other person um, and often a lack of um, being in service to each other. And that's what I encourage people to work through. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they're coming to you, are they like already coming to you? Like this is our last, our last go at it and then we're done. Or are they coming to you? Like how do we like go into the separation process? Are they open to? I get both. Okay. I get both. I get people that come to me. They're super committed to the relationship. Um, and then I, I mostly get people that are on the verge of divorce. Mm-hmm. So when they're coming to you, what does it look like? Like you've already said marriage counseling. So if somebody's been in a, a therapist's office before, they kind of know what that talk therapy is about. Mm-hmm. But are, are there other therapies that you're taking your clients through? Well, I use a variety of modalities when working with clients. Um, but I have a certification in what's called desire coaching. And um, basically desire coaching is very similar to what in the therapy world we call solution focus. So we are asking or I ask the client, what is your desire? And I ask again, and what else? And what else? And what else? Like really digging deep with them to find out like, what is it that they really want for their self or for their relationship? Um And that's my first question to everybody, whether I'm working with an individual or a couple. And um, from identifying their desire, that tells me which modality I'm going to be using with them. 
But typically, I use emotionally focused therapy or a lot of things from Gottman. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are familiar with Gottman, like the five love languages. Mm-hmm. I, I implement that a lot. Um, but I also use somatic work, which if you don't know what somatic means, it just means um, the body. So like helping people learn how to be more in touch with their body and what they feel emotionally and sensationally in their bodies. Um, And this is really therapeutic for individuals and, and couples. Like when I'm working with a couple, it really helps them to have that empathy, like really understand what their partner is feeling, not only emotionally, but also in their body. Um, Because a lot of times we're reacting to the body or the body language more so than the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a way to heal that repair in the relationship. Or if I'm working with an individual, whether this individual is married, thinking about divorce, completely happy, or has just got divorced, which a lot of times mm-hmm. I get a lot of men that come to me and my wife mm-hmm. just left me. Um, more men than women on that oh, number. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so for them, whether it's a man or a woman, helping them understand what's going on in their body and how that connects to their thoughts mm-hmm. and then how that connected to their behaviors really helps them understand um, where they went wrong in their relationship and how they can correct that and go forward and hopefully have healthier relationships with themselves and with others going forward. I absolutely love that because we are such holistic beings. And we, when you don't approach ourselves to know ourselves, like just what you're saying, like everything that you're saying in a holistic manner, then we can't move forward in healthy ways um, holistically. Right. And exactly. it all feeds one, you know, it all feeds off of each other. And it does take like, well, for one, it takes us stopping and being still exactly. to be aware of what, what is our body actually saying to us in the moment? Yes, exactly. Um, One of my goals is to make Oklahoma less afraid of meditation and breath work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People are so afraid to breathe. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm here for that. Um, But then just learning how to interpret it in a way that you can then tell the other Uh and articulate it in a way that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. People don't understand um, how much of what they're doing is a result of what they were not just thinking or not what they just experienced, but it also includes what they were feeling sensationally in their body. Um, And, you know, the importance of like slowing down and really looking inside and asking yourself, what is it that I'm really Um, needing here? What is it that I'm really feeling here? Um, One of my slogans is speak your desire, not your complaint. Mm. And that is something that I strive to teach all of my clients because we can tell our partners all day long what we don't want, what we don't like, what they did to upset us, what they did to make us feel unloved or, you know, not that anyone makes us feel a certain way. We, we allow ourselves to feel that. Um, But, you know, we can typically people are just going around telling each other what they don't like. 
And you would be amazed at the look on their face, the look of shock when I say, that's great. Now tell me what you want. Tell me what you desire. Tell me how you want to see it. And they're like, well, I don't know. I just don't want that. And it's like, okay, great. What do you want? You know, how do you want to see it? Um, And a lot of times that question can be really unnerving for people, especially when I just keep saying, and what else? And what else? And tell me more. And what else do you desire? And what else do you desire? Um, Because most of us, and I'm guilty of this at times too, most of us are really shallow about what it is that we're saying that we want or need or who we think we are. Um, And I don't mean that like in a negative connotation. I just mean that as we're not, we're not going deep enough to that core need or that core. um, Yeah, that core need, Mm -hmm. you know, so we might say, um, I want to fall in love with a man. Right. But it's like, well, what does that even mean to fall in love? Right. Tell me what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you would know that you're in love. Mm -hmm. Right. Tell me how you know that they're loving you back. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Define it. Right. Yeah. And so I do this with whether I'm working with a couple or I'm working with an individual. um, That's, you know, kind of the that's not kind of that is the line of questioning Mm -hmm. that I ask them. Yeah. Well, and I think like as you're talking, I'm thinking back um, of maybe my own experiences or others, but especially in the physical intimacy world, there's a lot of shame or embarrassment around coming out and saying, this is what I desire, right? And so how do you help individuals get over like that? that shame from either past traumas or Or embarrassment because of the stigma that it might come with, or, you know, those are also things that they have to overcome in speaking it out loud, because when you speak it out loud, then it, you know, that's a vulnerable vulnerability um, that a lot of us aren't comfortable with showing up and being that way. Right. Yeah. So, um, can you ask that question again, though? What was the actual question? <laughs> well, I don't know that there was a question. It was more of me, like, what I was pondering and thinking about when you were talking and the un- the shame and the embarrassment that can go around what some of our intimate desires are. So how are. do I help them through that? That was the question. Yeah. Um, so that's a long process. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that process is we do have to go backwards. So that's where my therapy mm-hmm. comes in hand, right? Where we look at the scripts or the stories that we've been told, right? What did we hear at church? What did we hear from our parents? How did our parents teach us about sex or about our bodies? What messages did we get? What messages did we get at school? Um, what did we pick up on from the media, right? And then, um, so we identify those things and then helping them believe, you know, take on the belief that they have the right to be the sexual person that they want to be. They have the right to engage in sex in the way that they want to, as long as it is consensual and with age appropriate people. I am not promoting anything less than that. Um, But for the most part, if you have a consensual partner, I mean, if you're into kink, you should get to engage in kink. If you're into, um, 
I don't know, asphyxiation or sensual play or you want to have multiple partners. Like these are choices that we can make if we choose to make them. Um, The shame is there and the shame will be there or the, you know, feeling like you're going to be looked at poorly. Um, One of the things I say to people is, well, why do you have to tell, (laughs) you know, like, why do you have to tell anyone else how you're engaging in, in your, you know, sex life, right? Your intimacy. Like, um, I do a lot of work with people that are into kink or they're polyamorous, right? Whether they're single or in a couple, it doesn't matter. And notoriously, they always want to tell their family members that they're poly or tell their family members that they're into this kink, right? Um, And when their family member doesn't understand it or doesn't agree with it or says something negative, then they'll come back. They're like, oh, they don't accept me now or they don't love me now or now I have this problem. And my opinion of that is maybe they were looking for a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we're trying to like prove to ourselves that we can't be accepted in this world unless we follow somebody else's rules. Um, But my personal experience is if you don't tell them what you're doing, they never know. So you can just live your life and have the kind of sex and intimacy and relationships that you want to have consensually with your partners and nobody else needs to know. So you don't have to feel that level of shame. Right. And that that's kind of on the surface. Um, I'm not a religious person, so religious guilt wasn't anything that ever hit me hardcore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know a lot of people are. And so in those cases, well, for one, I don't get a lot of people that are religious coming to me. Mm -hmm. But on the rare occasion that I do, um, you know, I grew up in the church, so I can acknowledge with them the teachings, Mm -hmm. but I also have knowledge of places in the Bible where there are different teachings, there are different lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And really when it comes down to it, especially if they're married, right? Like if you're married, you and your spouse can decide to do what you want to do within that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Intimacy-wise. And you, but, and then to speak to your part about feeling vulnerable about asking for what you want or being able to say that, yeah, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, it is difficult for people, men and women, but more so women, I find. It's difficult for them to answer the question of like, what do you fantasize about? Like a lot of times women will say, oh, I don't have fantasies. Um, And part of that is because women, they don't see it as a fantasy. Um, They see it more as like daydreaming. Mm, Or a lot of times women will fantasize about their partner and therefore they don't see that as a fantasy because it involves their partner, not somebody else, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But talking about fantasy or talking about like things that you've seen on TV that that sparked your interest, right? Or if they watch a lot of TV or if they watch pornographic material, um, that's a great way to have those conversations because you can kind of have the conversation indirectly 
you know, like if you decide to watch, everyone always references Fifty Shades of Grey and it's a popular one. So mm-hmm. I'll say that one, right? Let's say you watch Fifty Shades of Grey with your partner or um, even if it's a new partner, right? And there's something in there that sparks your interest, turns you on. You can just say like, oh, that's hot. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I wonder what that would like feel like to me. Or, oh, she really seems to be enjoying that. I wonder if I would enjoy that, right? So it's more of an indirect way of having these conversations so you don't feel like on the spot mm-hmm. as much, mm-hmm. you know, because even myself, if somebody says like, what do you fantasize about? I'm like, <laughs> do I tell them? Is this a safe <laughs> you know. person? I don't know. Do I trust? Right. Because there, and the how do you know if there has a to safe be, person? Right, there has to be the trust. So it's probably not right up front. But yeah. you know, if so, if you're dating, if you're divorced and you're dating, you might not want to talk about your sexual preferences on the first, second, or third date. Yeah. Or maybe you do. If you're like me and you want to cut to the chase and make sure that you're compatible, like if I'm going to scare you away, I might as well do it now rather than wasting my time. Is is the approach I take. But um, but if you don't want to take that approach and you really want to try to get to know people on a, um, you want them to know you at your core, you have to first know yourself at your core right. and then you have to be willing to speak it. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we really know if we can trust somebody is by trusting in them mm-hmm. and then watch to see what they do, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully... They will respect our trust and they will respect our bodies and our desires and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The whole dance. Right. Back and forth. Right. What I find a lot of times is that people that are in the dating world, they will often say the most outrageous things for like shock factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to do that, (laughs) you know, but maybe it's more comfortable for that person, you know, to say it in that way. But if, um, if you want for a female, I would say for a female who is divorced, don't talk about sex the first couple of dates. Right. And I would also say that if the man is asking a lot of sexual questions, make him answer them first Mm -hmm. or it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times um, we will give information and then we don't get the information back. And that's what makes us feel unsteady, unsteady or unsafe. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if, and ladies don't ever tell him your number, he doesn't need to know. (laughs) Like that's just, that's just charity's advice. Like, don't tell them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's okay to keep things personal. Mm-hmm. It's okay to keep things, like you were saying, with the family members or, or you know, everybody doesn't need to know how you display intimacy to your partner. Right. And we certainly don't need to be announcing that to somebody that we're just meeting for the first time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And people can get to know us without knowing that. I mean, yeah. You know, if if um if we get far enough into the relationship that we feel like, oh, this is somebody I really want here, then then share your kinks or right. Whatever. It, it goes is. along with that boundary and like knowing when to push the boundary out mm-hmm. as you progress along in the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of coming to you with fighting and frustrations about, okay, this isn't working out for us. So on the end, like what is the beauty that comes from working with you? For the individual or for the couple? But for Which both, one are you yeah. Asking? <laughs> yeah, for both. Like, what does it look like, the re- end result, after they are finally to a place where, like, oh, okay, I think that Charity's done her job here and I'm feeling good and we're not fighting anymore. Like, what does that mm, outcome look like? So many things. Um, I would say an overall better life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really great at helping people decrease their anxiety. And um, they typically leave me with having a new practice of meditation or yoga, breath work as a regular, um, being more aware of what they want for themselves intimately, sexually, more aware of their identified sexual orientation and sexual expression. Um, And then now they also have the skills for being able to communicate it in a way that somebody can hear them. Mm -hmm. And they also have the skills of being able to hear or listen well, too. Um, And an overall increased sense of gratitude Mm -hmm. uh, because... I talk a lot about being grateful for the little things, right? Even when everything's not perfect, like you've, if you want things to get better, you have to be grateful for what's working well, right? right. right? And you have to be able to identify that. Um, and an overall sense of how to be more intentional in life, right? For individuals and for couples, um, I truly believe that a lot of the reasons that people end up getting divorced is because they've stopped being conscious or they've stopped being intentional, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. They stop putting that um, intention on their partner, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm dating somebody that lives in a different state. And the last time I saw him, he did something that really upset me. Mm-hmm. And when we talked about it, he said, but it wasn't intentional, And I said, I get that it wasn't intentional, but you also were not being intentional Mm -hmm. about the opposite, right? Right. Like about giving me your attention, Mm -hmm. right? About showing up. Yeah. Right. The consideration for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, you know, if we're not being intentional about what we are doing, especially within our relationships, and if we're not having awareness of how am I affecting this other person and how am I reacting to this other person, right? Then we just put everything off on them. So when people leave me, they have a a better sense of all of that, like how to have better awareness and how to be more intentional and focused in life and, you know, an overall sense of being mindful or conscious in their relationship and in their, in their life in general. Um, And if they're in a relationship, the intimacy, the connection is so much greater because I, I teach a lot of, um, Tantra connection, right? So eye gazing, synchronized breathing, things like that. So they learn how to really have that deep, intimate connection with or without what people call sex, because my definition of sex is much wider than, than, than the average. Right. Um, so yeah, whether it's a couple or an individual. 
Awesome. So you have a couple of events coming up that I would love for you to share with our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so Desire OKC has several different classes that we offer, mostly for couples, but there are some that are for individuals as well. And in February, the weekend of Valentine's Day, um, I always do a two-day couples workshop. So February is the part one, and then part two is in March. And the part one is basically an intro to a Tantra relationship. So we go over um, how to talk about what you want, uh, how to identify what you want, because some people don't actually know. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach sensual massage and uh, orgasmic meditation in that class Mm -hmm. and some other juicy things. Um, And then in the second one that's going to be in March, that's a little bit more of an advanced class. So in the first one, you're learning the communication and the breath work and the basis of how to connect with each other in a spiritual, full mind, body, spirit kind of way, right? And then in the second class, we learn the fun stuff. Like I teach penis massage and uh, vulva massage, and I go more in depth into the sensual massage. And then I teach them Eros meditation. Never heard of that one. Um, Eros meditation is a spinoff from orgasmic meditation that I came up with as a result of many, 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 many complaints and lack of um, follow through with clients because they felt like they wanted they wanted a meditate a couple meditation that was more interactive with both of them. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have combined heart meditation and orgasmic meditation to create what I call Eros meditation. And like, I'm so happy with it because every couple that I've taught this to is doing it at least once or twice a week. Whereas like before when I was, primarily teaching orgasmic meditation, it was really hard to get the guys to say yes. And sometimes the women to say yes. And so um, they weren't as consistent. And and so now I'm getting like a lot more consistency. And I just, I just truly believe in couples meditating together. Um, or even just people meditating together in a group. I, I don't know why, but like, trying to meditate individually is so much harder for some people than if they were in a group. Um, I know for myself, I never could meditate on my own in any way, shape or form until I started going to group meditations. And now I can do either, but it always feels so much more powerful when it's done in a group setting. And, um, couples that meditate together or work out together or do like yoga together you know they they are slowing down they're being in their bodies together they're being a lot more present in that moment they have stronger relationships Mm -hmm. like you can find article after article after article written on this right um and so that's why I wanted to come up with eros meditation is so it's unifies them. I love it. 
Love it. I need to find me a dude so I can come to your next workshop in February. <laughs> yeah. Well, bring a lady, yeah, bring a friend. Yeah. You can come learn this stuff. And then <laughs> what are your individual um, events? for? Let, let me just say this real quick. Okay. Um, the, the couples workshops are not just for heterosexual couples. Like, you can same sex couples, especially that first one, um, because the first one, I'm not doing a male female, you know, separation at all, right? Um, so that first one, like everybody should feel welcomed, and my business is like one of one of the slogans, or it says on the homepage, all lifestyles, everybody welcomed, right? Um, the second workshop that's in May in that, that is in March, not May. Um, same sex couples don't want to come Mm -hmm. because they either don't want to witness the vulva part or they don't want to witness the, the Mm -hmm. penis part. So it's like, huh, okay. But that's a personal choice and, but they are still welcome. And, um, those sections are only like 30 minutes anyway. So like, you know, go, go drink some coffee or something. (laughs) Well, it's still educational, right? Right. Yeah. Awesome. So where can our listeners find you? What's the best way to connect with you? The website is www.desireokc.com. Um, and you can email or just book straight from there. Um, and then the phone number is 405-420-7877. Awesome. And you can call or text that number. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. This has been a very different conversation than what we've had before, (laughs) um, which I love. And I love the holistic approach (laughs) that you're providing because I'm all about the holistic process and connecting my clients with other professionals that are going to approach the whole healing recovery transition you know aspect in a holistic manner so I am glad to have you on my referral team thank you yeah, glad thank, to be here thank you so much for being here and until thank next you for time having me listeners um do good and do no harm and radiate love out there For more information on services or divorce resources provided by The Divorce Life, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or find us at www.thedivorcelife.com. Thank you for tuning in and listening and a big thanks to my producer, Jazz, at the Possibilities Podcast Center.